0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Orla Ryan and this is FT News. First Brexit, then Trump, and now the Icelandic pirates. The rise of Iceland's pirates party is a striking example of the anti-establishment mood that has swept Western countries since the financial crisis. Founded by a ragtag bunch of internet activists four years ago, the party is hoping for victory in Saturday's parliamentary elections. On the line with me to discuss the rise of this new party and its chance of success is Richard Milne, our Nordics correspondent. Hi, Richard. Could you tell us a little bit about this party? How did it come about and what does it stand for?
1: Well, yes, this is a very young party. It's under four years old, and yet it's leading the polls in Iceland. It came about by a group of self-confessed nerds who are all very much into the internet, several of them associated with WikiLeaks, also Edward Snowden as well, joined together and formed a party. They're very much about direct democracy, very much for transparency of government, and over the past two or three years, they've just seen their poll numbers really soar.
0: What's the political background to their rise? Why are Icelanders so disillusioned with their traditional leaders?
1: Well, there's really three things. I think, as you mentioned, I mean, there is a broader anti-establishment feeling sweeping across much of the West, and that's definitely part of it. But there are two very specific things in Iceland. One was the financial crisis in which it was revealed that there were very close links between the politicians and the failed banks in Iceland. And Iceland was maybe the country in the world that was most hit by the financial crisis. Its three big banks all collapsed. And what was left was a huge... Distrust from the public, not just in the financial system, not just in the banks, but also in the political system. And then the second thing was that earlier this year, the Panama Papers revelations about offshore companies ensnared the then prime minister and he was forced to resign after mass protests. And that's led to what is actually early elections. The election shouldn't have been held until next year. And so those two things have sort of emboldened the Pirates Party and led to them being on top of the polls for much of this year.
0: Right. So what is it they actually stand for? I get that they're sort of these internet geeks and they're sort of allied with WikiLeaks and they favour transparency. But do they sort of veer left? What's their approach to business? What would a Pirates government look like?
1: Well, that is the question on the lips of most Icelanders as well, because they're very upfront about not having policies on many issues. I think people instinctively put them on the left. They sometimes say they're on the left libertarian, but they also say that the left-right economic scale doesn't really make much sense for them. Their main political idea is about direct democracy. It's about getting the voters much more involved in laws. And so one of the criticisms that's put to them is that whenever a difficult issue comes up, their essential answer is to say, well, we'd let the voters decide. Iceland wrote a new crowdsourced constitution a couple of years ago, but it was never put into force. And that also would have entrenched more direct democracy when there was an issue that had a certain level of support that there would be a referendum over it. Some of the other things they talk about, but it's less clear. They talk about pegging the currency maybe to the euro, maybe even getting rid of the krona for the euro. They talk about a universal basic income, the decriminalization of drugs. But overall, on many of the big issues in Iceland, there are probably two overall. One is the booming tourism industry. The other is the end of capital controls. They've been fairly quiet on the actual policy measures they want to bring in. And so that makes some in business very nervous about what they would do.
0: Right. Given that, and even with this sort of anti-establishment sort of sentiment, what are their chances of success this weekend?
1: Well, they have been leading in the polls, although at the same time their polling numbers have come down dramatically in about March. They were above 40 percent, then now down at about 20 percent. And that puts them roughly level with two other parties. On the right, there's the Independence Party, which is currently in government. And on the left, there's the left Greens. And I think some people in Iceland feel that maybe when it comes to people actually going into the voting booths, maybe the fear of the unknown, the fear of the uncertainty, them being untested may mean that some people back away from the pirates. And I think it's going to be a very close election. It's also going to be in common with many European countries these days, quite a messy post-election situation where forming a coalition government is going to be much harder than it's been in the past.
0: So the pirates are likely to have a voice, if not the deciding voice, they're likely to be represented in there.
1: Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of talking between all the parties and an attempt to cobble something together. And I think the Pirates will be one of those. But maybe their lack of political experience could tell against them.
0: Okay, can you tell me a little bit more about Brigitte Jensdott the Pirates' leader, and how she compares to the leaders of the other main parties? I understand she's quite an interesting character.
1: She is very much. She calls herself a poetician, like many Icelanders. I think they're the world's most published country in terms of books per person. She's written a number of poetry books. But she's perhaps best known for her role in WikiLeaks. Julian Assange visited Iceland at the start of this decade, and she ended up being very close to him. She's represented in the film about him. And she was one of the co-producers of WikiLeaks' breakthrough event, which was this video of U.S. troops killing civilians in Iraq. She then fell out with Assange, as have most people. But she's very much made a name for herself as a kind of internet activist. She's been very pro-Chelsea Manning, very pro-Edward Snowden. And among the things she's floated is whether they should give Edward Snowden asylum afterwards. At the same time, she tries to say that she's not really a leader of the party. She's sort of equivocated on whether she would become prime minister if the Pirate party's won. So she's far from a traditional politician, shall we say.
0: All right. Do you think she'd be able to work with other party leaders if no party wins control and we're looking at a coalition government?
1: Yes, so there are currently four parties on the left who are in opposition and they're in discussions about whether they might be able to form a coalition afterwards. I certainly think most of the pirates think that they would be able to work together. The fact, though, is that Iceland has a very unhappy history of having more than two parties. It nearly always has had two parties in coalition. uh, The few times that it's had three parties in a coalition, it's proved rather unmanageable. And I think that is a worry that people pull ideologically in rather different directions. And that, again, is one of the worries about the pirate parties. Where do they stand on that left-right scale?
0: Thank you very much, Richard.